Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. At Leia Healthcare, we always want to give our members more. So now you get unrestricted access to a world of benefits that will help you stay healthy. From convenient video calls with a GP to get prescriptions online, to easy access to experts when you finally want to do something about your ropey knee or dodgy back. And if you do need to see someone urgently, our clinics are available for minor injuries, all without you needing to put your hand in your pocket. Let's stay on top of your health, in every way. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Insurance provided by Ellipse Insurance Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare. Leia Healthcare Limited Trading as Leia Healthcare and Leia Life is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Unrestricted benefits are available until the end of December. Fair usage policy applies. Yes! We've finally got the main man, me, Kev Kyle, and Tommy Gravison. <laughs> <laughs> nah, an even bigger legend, an even bigger legend, Tubes, we soccer AM. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Oh, no, thanks for having me. Uh, loving your work, boys. Brilliant. And good, good uh, well done for the award as well. Uh, oh, thanks, well mate. Kev, I'm buzzing for this one, are you? I am, mate, because the last time I saw Tubes, you had hair, so I feel like I'm talking to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know why I'm so, so far I've been called Tommy Gravison and bald. Brilliant. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it happens to us all. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing, mate. Honestly, I'm not just saying this like I didn't blow smoke up people's ass. I used to buzz off the show every Saturday. I would get up, I'd give it a couple of minutes to go down, and then I'd run downstairs and watch the show, mate. And I used to buzz off your part in the show like great days, eh? Uh-huh. Brilliant, mate. Yeah, the uh, one question, one question only. Loved it, man. Yeah. Loved it. Is that your idea? Say again? Is that your idea? No, what it was, was um, back in the day, I used to be Peter the Test Tube Baby. Sounds wrong, and it, it is very wrong. They used to dress me up in a nappy, a can of beer, a fake cigarette, and I used to bring the balls out to the conga music for the, uh, at the end of the show. So it was like, there's a big, some fat grown-up baby would come out with a nappy on and give them the balls and go, go on then. And then after like, and then after like, Three years of doing that, Lovejoy went, um, right, this is a bit shit now, isn't it? And I was like, well, I've been a baby for three years every Saturday morning. It is a bit weird. And he goes, right, you've got one question, one question only. Do what you want with it. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, like I never thought I'd be on TV. I was so nervous. 
I was like, well, what, what shall I do? He's like, it's up to you. Do what you want. I was like, okay. So he went, he goes, you've got three, you've got three goes. You've got three strikes. If you muck up three times, that's it. You've got no question. You're not coming on, on screen. I was like, all right, cool. But like the first one, I remember it well. It was Frank Worthington. So I've rolled up. I'm shaking like a leaf like this. And I went, all right, Frank. And he went, yeah, you're right, mate. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I went, did you score more on or off the pitch? And he just looked at me like that. And everyone in the studio went quiet. And Lovejoy just went like this. He just went. <laughs> so I, was like, I was like, oh, Christ. So then I thought, I've got to do something to add to it. Like, I can't just go up and ask a really crap question. So I thought, I used to go to school with people who tried to like, talk street. Do you know what I mean? Like, you get me and all that, but I'm from Surrey. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? I was like, why are you speaking like that? Like, like what are you saying, bruv? And I'm like, what? My name's Peter. I live in Cobham. So why are you saying that for? So I thought, I was like, if I copy them, just go up there and go, you're coming on fresh enough, and then just start with a question. And I remember doing that. I just went, so I went, oh, you're coming on fresh and I went, like that. And everyone just went, what the hell? And it, it just started like that. So then I just started making up raps. A lot of, a lot of rubbish, really, but it's quite fun. Is that true that you still wear the nappy bits on a Saturday night now? And Sundays, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's the lockdown been for you, mate? Has it been hard work? Because obviously soccer end was suspended, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the first, the first couple of weeks I struggled, I'm not going to lie. Mentally struggled a bit, like, because you just, you know, your freedom's gone. You can't go, you know, do that, go to the gym or whatever like that. But since the first couple of weeks, I got used to it. I think the, the brain's a clever thing, you know. It just sort of like, it works it out and this is what it is. And I bought myself a bike. I've turned into Bradley Wiggins. So, happy days. How about you, boys? How about you, Kev? You've been all right? You see, be fair, like, I've been, I've been all right to a point because I've got, I've got four kids, tubes, and they, they obviously keep me very, very busy. But there are days when you are at home and the mind does... My wedding anniversary was last Monday, our eight-year wedding anniversary, and me and my wife the night before were like pure dead excited about it. But see, on the Monday, honestly, I could have divorced her, and she could have divorced me. It was that bad. It was just one of those days where, absolutely, why did why did I marry you? She's like, why did you marry me? And it, it just it was just a day where the kids had probably got a bit under their skin, and then. But now that things are easing a wee bit here in Scotland, we're a wee bit behind everybody else. But now that it's easing, you can see kind of light at the end of the tunnel. So these, the podcast have been keeping us going. Um, what about you, Sai? Oh, I love it, mate. I love it. Look at your suntan. Lovely, mate. Isn't it? Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> are you coming all bronze? I'm coming all red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I meant to say you, Kev. Um, he was talking about a bike there. Obviously, you've not got yourself a bike. <laughs> <laughs> See, to be fair, actually, one day uh, my mate says to me, come on, Kev, we'll, we'll bike into Glasgow. So we live like 20 miles from Glasgow, so I thought, Aye, okay, right, let's go. So we'd bike, I did bike into Glasgow 20 miles, but see when I got there, I jumped on the train back. Oh, you lazy <laughs> bastard, man. <laughs> you see, you need me to translate in for him. Just give me a shout, all right? No, all good, all good, all good. <laughs> i tell you what, the first, the first day I did the bike ride, the next day, I was walking like John Wayne. I couldn't sit down or anything. I was like, it was, I was in so much pain. Uh-huh. No, his ass is taking a pounding off over the years, so he's used to it. Uh, <laughs> Premier League back, mate, June 17th. How buzzing are you? Can't wait, mate. Can't Seriously. wait. I've been watching the Bundesliga. Hesh, rubbish. It's, it's weird, isn't it? 
it's really weird. But do you know what I quite like? So I watched uh, Dortmund Munich the other day, and I quite like, even though I can't understand what they're saying, I quite like you could hear them talking on the pitch. When the Premier League comes back, to see what the players are saying to each other, and like, I think that would be quite interesting. Yeah, please tell me you've seen the Schalke goalkeeper. 100% his hands have been funneled, man. He <laughs> cannot save a shot. Have you seen him? Yeah, he was shocking the other week, wasn't he? <laughs> so bad. Uh, Lampard in charge, your old team. Is he your mate now, Lampard? I feel weird like, saying that like, he's my mate and that. Like, we we speak on WhatsApp. We don't you know we don't go like socialising. But I say I say we I say we're friends. I wouldn't say we're like best mates. But. Is he one of the guys that send like sick videos and that on WhatsApp? Well, <laughs> he's Chelsea related ones. Yeah, let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, right, mate. How did you first get involved with soccer? Was it work experience? Mate, yeah. I got sent to Woolworths on my I got sent to Woolworths on my work experience, and you got fucking soccer. M. How's that happened? <laughs> I worked in a golf shop first and then uh i did a week work experience there and then my mum um used to teach martin tyler's kids no my mom, way yeah my mum's a teacher so she knew martin from the school so she said i oh, like my, my son's like like chelsea mad football mad and he was like oh well, I'll, I'll try and get him into um uh, sky sports i was only like 15 16 and um they, so he, he, he managed to sort it out and in the first week I was put on Soccer AM and this was before like Soccer AM anyone really knew about it but my uncle used to say watch this programme on a Saturday morning on Sky it's brilliant it's called Soccer AM and I was like alright have a look and I saw I love the show so I walked in and there was like Fenners Sheephead Lovejoy and I was like I was like proper starstruck and they were like you alright mate I was like yeah yeah I said I love the show they like do you watch it? They were like, it's only a couple of years old. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I watch it every Saturday. So basically, I just joined at 16 and never left. Wow. wow. So, you know, I was lucky. Do you know, I mean, it's, I worked for free for four years. Just making for free, yeah. yeah, every Saturday making teas and stuff. And then I was like one day away from going for, to university. I was all booked in, ready to go, bags packed. And then a woman from Sky phoned and said, I've just had Lovejoy up here. And he said, just give you a job. Any job because there was no there was no spaces on Soccer AM. But he said, "I want him to stay at Sky so he can come on Soccer AM when someone leaves." So they created a job at Sky for me. So oh, thanks. Yeah, so I was lucky. So I had to phone up the university and go, "I ain't coming." They're like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I'm going to Sky Sports." They're like, ah, ah, "Yeah, not having that." So, but it worked out nicely for me. Oh, big question: Did your mum say Martin Tyler's kids will be assholes? <laughs> no, do you know what? She's lovely, lovely kids, she said. <laughs> yeah, she went, she went like even playing to like, playing on a Saturday, Saturday at three o'clock, you would get up, watch soccer, and you'd get in the dressing room at like half twelve, and everyone would sit and talk about what had gone on at, on soccer in that morning. Were you the same? Aye, we were the same, like, especially away games and that. Like, you'd have the soccer up in the morning for breakfast to try and relax, relax the guys, because there's a bit of banter, football banter. But I always remember like playing with clubs in England that you were waiting for them to come to your club. You wanted soccer aim to come to your club to do something where it be the crossbar challenge or the, the chip and the golf ball out of the bucket. You wanted the, the soccer aim guys to come to your club. But it was like an iconic show that took time to, to grow. But once it grew, it, it grew. Everybody watched it. I don't know who didn't watch it at the time. You know, it was amazing. 
Who was that? Who was who was good with you, Chubbs? On that show, who was good? Like, was Lovejoy good with you? Oh, amazing! Yeah, uh, Fenners as well. Obviously, Fenners presents it now. Yeah, because um, yeah, like you're talking about that like, the old soccer aim and stuff. Like, it was like like it went like that, and then it dipped massively when Lovejoy and Fenners all left. But now it's like it's like proper popular again. It's obviously we've got Bullard on it and stuff like that. So it's it's brilliant and. Back in the day, yes, yeah, all of them—they're all great, all great guys. Sheephead, Fenners, Lovejoy—they yeah, all, they all looked after me. It helped that I was a Chelsea fan, and Lovejoy was Chelsea as well. So, was it like a football dressing room? That—that—that's it. Hundred percent. What sort of stuff then? What was it? Pranks and stuff like that. Pranks, all sorts. People just lobbing stuff. But basically, what you boys used to—well, they're still doing the changing room. Do you know what I mean? Stuff going all over the place. We actually got moved from the actual main office, and they gave us our own office out of the way of everyone because it was just people complaining the noise music playing yeah playing football keep ups two touch tennis baseball rugby all sorts and see because you were the younger guy were you usually on the brunt were you on the end of the jokes do you know what I was alright because I joined the same time as Rock. you know Little Rock do you remember Little Rocket yeah Rocket he used to get abused didn't he yeah so abused. It, was, it was good fun but he was before me and he was younger than me so he was there, so they'd already had someone to like, muck around with, but it was brilliant. He, he gave it back as well, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I see well, Love Lovejoy, like, how was he such a genius? Like, how did he make that show so good? Um, he used to work, I'm 99.9% sure of this, he used to work on Big, Big Breakfast with Chris Evans. Right. As, um, like a, I think, a runner or like a, just a producer. And he's and he's thought cause there was Socrane before him, I think for a year, and it was just a chat show. And he was working on the production team. And I think he just walked into the boss's office and said, Make me the boss, I'll be the presenter, and I'll make this show work. And I think they just went, Go on then. And then he surrounded himself with funny people who love football. Not saying that I'm funny, I'm talking about the guys who joined before, Fenners and all that. And then they just made something, you know, amazing. And plus back in the day there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram. So all the clips that you guys would watch on a Saturday morning would be fresh because they hadn't been on Instagram or social media. And, you know, rules in TV is, well, you can get away with a lot more back then than you can now. I mean, half the stuff we used to do, some of the jokes we'd say, uh, like coming out of Soccer Locker and stuff like that, would be taken off air straight away now. So, you know, it was, it was amazing. Do you hear that? Do you hear that, Tubes? It's like that now. Say again? You hate that the world's like that now that you kind of do it because for me that was hilarious stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? It's just the way the world's gone, and it's like fair enough. Can't do it, you can't do it. So I used to love uh, Kev. Do you remember Fenners was brilliant? What, what was the Cockney boy's name he was again? Uh, Barry Proudfoot. Oh mate, that was that was amazing, man. Who, That's the right touch. <laughs> That's a right touch. That was the thing with talking about. Everybody seemed to bounce off everybody, and um, unlike us in open goal, we are we just wake up in the morning and decide right, this is what we're going to do today. And it got shite for an hour, it works, but um, it works. You I mean, that, that stuff works though. Aye, but that's what you find sometimes the premeditated stuff. It's um, it's false because you're trying to make up jokes and you're trying to like Slaney Slaney's not here today, but. When he comes on and starts going full flow, you're like, where, where did he get that stuff from? And because it's just natural there in the moment, that's what makes it so funny. It makes people want to watch more. I totally agree. If, it's, if, if, if things are too, like, scripted, they're not funny. No, no you're right. 
Oh, it's much better. Because she was a big Torquay fan, Helen, wasn't she? Yeah, she used to leave oh. the studio and drive up there every game. I always was always desperate to play Torquay in the hope that I could like try and get off in it. See on that as well, Tubes, would you I always wonder this as well. See back in the days would you like do the show and then we'd just all go together after it? Uh yeah, there's a rugby club across the road. So we'd all go across there, have beers, more beers, more beers. I'd go Stamford Bridge, Helen would go Lovejoy would go Stamford Bridge, Helen would go Torquay. Uh, yeah, back yeah. Well, we still do now. We still we. Everyone, well, I don't have beers anymore, but we still go across to the rugby club and uh, have a little drink afterwards. Does uh, Does Fenners go Millwall with the uh, all that Stone Island gear he's wearing? <laughs> Why is he trying to act like a hard man? All right, naughty goozer. <laughs> no, he loves his, uh, he loves his coats. He loves his coats. Well, his clothes decent to be fair, isn't it? Yeah, he loves it. He loves it. He's got his own Instagram page about it. About all his coats. Uh, he buys and sells all his coats. It's brilliant. Oh, he's not got the bollocks. Are you sort of wearing a three lion shirt on a Scottish podcast? Yeah, I do apologise about that. Honestly, I didn't even realise about it. I just put a t-shirt on. So, I'll go that. Uh, all right. To be fair, it could be worse. You could be wearing Kev's t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the previous we got for being inspired. I'm certainly not inspired. <laughs> I know. Mate, that's, uh, that's his 20th appearance in the season, on it? On this podcast. I mean, I'm no, you know me, I'm no into clubber or gear. And whatever I get for free, I wear it. I get the, I get the, I get the miles out of my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's good, doesn't it? Ah, it's all right, mate. It makes <laughs> me look a bit... My tits are a wee bit big, but... Oh, oh, right. That's why I'm wearing dark, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't wear white, tight white when you've got tits. I never wear white. Tubes, <laughs> <laughs> I read something in the, the Athletic recently though, about Lovejoy like you said how a genius in that he was but very demanding perfectionist was he right? yeah um, I, I didn't read I, I read a bit of that Athletic thing what were they saying about him? just that uh, like how ruthless he could be with the team basically um, he wanted the best and he, like, he created it didn't he? Um, he was quite, I suppose, quite ruthless, but only for the best of people. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't, he wasn't a bastard. Um, he was, yeah, he was good, man. He was good. You ever get pulled up for him there? Uh, yeah, I did once. And it was the, for the weirdest thing ever. We had a basketball player on, yeah? And so we never really, we, mostly it was obviously football. And it was a basketball player. And I thought I'd cut this amazing piece. It had like different angles and back in the day when Sky weren't even really showing basketball. So I've managed to find all these shots of this basketball player, put all these things together, music, like hip-hop music and all sorts, different special effects coming off his shoes and all that. I was like, ah, yeah, this is quality. I went, here, I watched this, put the tape in, he just, watched, he just looked at it and went, that's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I went, ah, right. He was like, change it. I was like, okay. I was like, what do you want? He was just like, I want just a couple of, like camera ones of him just chucking it in the basket. I was like, oh, great. But yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I was like, oh, it spent, I was up all night doing it. But no, he was good with me. But he'd tell you if you were, if he, he wanted everything like, even to little things like, uh, same with Fenners. If you get, we you know you get a wig to do like a sketch, it'd have to be the right wig. It'd have to be the right sash. You'd have to comb the wig. Little details like that. He was like, nah, you can't just put a wig on someone's head. 
it's got to be combed. You can't see any of their little things like that. You can't see their hair. The tash is the wrong color. You'd be like, I used to be the props boy. I used to get all the stuff. He's like, not wrong. And he was like, it makes some mental demands as well. They were like, yeah, we need four dogs that can speak Spanish in the next three and a half hours. You'd be like, they were like, deal with it, get it. I'm like, uh, uh, do you do dogs that speak Spanish? Like, well, you what, mate? They'd ask for a lot, but you know, it worked. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm just picturing a dog saying good evening in you know Emery's voice for some reason there. <laughs> <laughs> but see, Lovejoy, like, like he sounds like a manager of a football team, basically. Would he still give like the big hitters like Fenners? Would he give Fenners as well? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, not. Do you know what? He didn't really pick on anyone. He just like, if something wasn't right, he'd tell you. Yeah. If it was Fenners, if it was me, if it was Rocket, if it was Neil, if it was Robbie, he'd tell you. But then again, he'd say so he'd get us all together like during the week and go, "What do you think of this?" You know, he you know he'd ask for people's opinions. It wasn't just him going, "This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing." So no, it was it was a good team. I've got a wee uh, inkling that you you want to get back in, mum, and that's now why you're trying to look like Simon Rimmer. <laughs> I prefer Thomas Graveson uh, as you said mate the one question only genius man absolutely genius like you said at first it was very nerve wracking but how soon did you know this is a hit people love this uh, I think after I, what I said earlier when I did that thing with, when I did and all that and started doing the rap and the whole studio just like started pissing themselves and I was like I, I, I just didn't know because I was so nervous I was so nervous doing it so I just started making noises do you know what I mean and everyone's like this is genius mate this is genius so I was like it's not really is it I'm just picking two words that rhyme with a random two words and then making a noise at the end of it but I, I suppose when I started doing it to like the big Hollywood stars so they're going you're going to a junket today you're going to go and meet Denzel Washington. I was like, hang on. I was like, you want me to sit in front of Denzel Washington and try and rap to him? But <laughs> it all went down so well and everyone was like, this is class, mate. And I was like, I had to work on my lyrics. I, I, I used to just turn up and do it like 10 minutes before. I was, I was practicing the night before, giving it. <laughs> <laughs> so see, see, Tubes, when you were, when you were, do, like, you did the question to them and then did you ever like give them a pre- idea of what the question was going to be or was it just there and then off the cuff and they were like what the fuck yeah basically that off the cuff um in the studio never but when you when i started doing the um uh the big stars from hollywood and stuff like that their people would be like who's this who's this tubby blonde fella coming to do a rock? Uh, um, they were like, what's he doing what's he doing i was like look if i tell you what i'm doing Bruce Willis is just going to sit there and go, what is this? Do you know what I mean? It's the shock factor. It was the, it was the best thing ever. Bruce Willis's people came out to me and went, yeah, um, with regards to the rap, um, can you do it to, can Bruce not be there? And I was like, what do, you, do you want me to rap to an empty chair? They were like, yeah. I was like, well, how does that work? I was like, just sit that. I just, I said, just sit, sit down, Brucey boy. There, I'll rap to him. He can do whatever he wants. Anyway, Brucey boy loved it. He was like, yeah, this is cool, man. Like that. I was like, that's so. And that, that was the same day. I saw, I saw, I saw three geezers run out of the room 
the quickest I've ever seen three normal geezers run down the corridor of the Savoy. Yeah? I was like, oh my God. I was like, something's happened to Brucey boy. I, went, <laughs> I was a bit worried. I was like, what's, I was like, I was also shaking outside because I was up next. I was like all nervous in the chair, like going, you're top man, you are Bruce, it's Bruce and all this. And I was like, so I was just about to go and everyone's run out. I'm like, what's up? Well, I went, oh, Bruce said he's hungry. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how much, I'm like, how much people like overreact because he's good at acting? I'm like, they're just normal people, just good at stuff. Do you know what I mean? They're like, to be one one with Denzel Washington as well. They were like, when you go to these junkets, there's a, like a big group of people from ITV, BBC, and they're all in suits. I've turned up in my Asda black shirt and my little dirty Converse, and I've sat in the corner playing Snake, do you know what I mean? Like on the phone, like, <laughs> just learning me, bad, learning me bad boy lyrics. And um, they were like, uh, are you here to see Bruce? That's right, are you here to see, are you here to see Denzel? I'm like, well, yeah, I haven't just come to sit in a, in a hotel lobby and wait, ever. They're like, oh my God, he would absolutely hate you. I went, well, that's... <laughs> and this is someone from ITV, do you know what I mean? I was like, okay, well, that'd be good. They're like, no, seriously, it's Tubbs, is it? Tub, Tub? That was like, cheers. Like, um, yeah, he, he will absolutely hate you. I mean, it's, it, it will be car crash television. I was like, well, that's the whole sort of point. So if he hates me, he hates me. And they were talk. They sort of like talk like they're his best mates, when in reality they've just met him once at a film junket, and they were like, "Oh, you know, he will." Hate. I was like, "All right, he'll hate me." So I went in. I said, um, "You're top man. You are Den. I've been rapping since I was ten. <laughs> all rappings for life, not just for Christmas, like that." And then all of a sudden, Denzel Washington just like that just stared at me. I was like, "Oh shit, the geezer from ITV is right. He's going to hate me." <laughs> and then for the next, and then for the next three minutes, it was the funniest thing ever. He was shouting at me in a good way. And it was so funny. And then by the end of it, he walked me through the um, corridor of the hotel, past all those people, and they're all just like that. Oh, I don't think he hates him. I think he might quite like him. <laughs> but they're normal people. It's like treat when you're doing a chat with someone, just be normal. I mean, it doesn't matter who they are. Or, Whatever they've done, it's just they're good at stunt. Like you do mad shit like Paul Gravy over yourself as part of your raps. Was there any that you dreaded and particularly doing that you thought like this will not go down well? Uh, <laughs> every single one. Um, really, everyone. I was, I got so scared doing them. I was so nervous doing them. And but I mean the the, the one that did, did go really, really wrong was Slash from Guns and Roses. Yeah. That went massively tits up, and I ruined. Talk us through the full thing. Talk us through the uh, talk us through the full thing. Yeah, the slash one. Yeah. So, Helen Chamberlain came in one one week, and she said, "Slash from Guns and Roses is going to be in a guitar shop in Epsom." I just went, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Yeah," and I know the person who owns the shop. I went, "All right." So Slash from like, you know, the world famous Guns N' Roses is going to be in Epsom where I used to go. I was like, he can't be struggling for money that much. Like, why is he coming all the way from LA to Epsom? And he went, well, anyway, they've got Slash. They went, and they want you to go and do a one question, one question only. I went, all right. That'd be awesome. I used to love Guns N' Roses. And um, they went, oh yeah, because he's doing a meet and greet, but he doesn't want to do any media. 
I was like, okay, but I am media. They were like, yeah, but it's one question, isn't it? It's really good for the shot. I went, well, I'll go. And I went, right, slash. I'm like, what, what rhymes with slash? Uh, right, mash, mashed potato. So I said to my mate, I said, can you go and get some mashed potato? And he was like, you what? I said, go and get some mashed potato because we're going to go and see Slash. He was like, oh, Slash and Mash, genius. I was like, yeah, 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 cool. And um, so he went and bought that, you know, that stuff that you put in the oven? You make the mash and you put it in the oven and it just all, all fluffs up. What's yeah. it called? Smash. Smash. Yeah. So as we left, he put a um, load of uh, the smash in the oven. So it all went like that. So I was like, shit. I was like, I've got a load of mashed potato. What do I? So anyway, I just got the mashed potato and just put it in each pocket of my tracksuit top. So I didn't have my Asda shirt on because I, I preempted I was going to do mash. So I put them in the, in the tracksuit top. So I was just sat in the back of a car on the way to Epsom, with a load of mashed potato coming out of my pocket. <laughs> so anyway, they went. If you can stand there in the corner, uh, he'll come out and quickly do your bit. I went, okay, cool. So I'm just sat there, sat there waiting with a load of. Snack. I was like. Um, so he came over and he looked like he had the raging ump, like proper raging, didn't want to be there. I was like, okay. I was, he was like, go on then. And he was wearing a Stoke shirt, bizarrely. I said, I said but anyway, I went, you're top man, you are slash, some like roasted, but I prefer mash. Got all the mashed potato out of my pockets and just went, bang. I went, ooh, mash. That. And I looked at him and he was like, ah. Uh, uh, he was not. He was not happy. I'm st- There's mashed potato all over this new shop. Behind him, two absolute meatheads just <laughs> staring me down. Look like me now, like bald. Uh, so I'm like, oh god. No. And then he went. Then he went. That's a wrap. I went. Yeah, it was a pretty good one, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, shit. And then I was like, I asked him the question. I can't remember what the question was. And he just went, and he just left. And as he as he left, his two bouncers came straight up to me. I'm already down on the floor. I also bought a dustpan and brush, so I'm on the floor like doing the match because I was like, it's a new shop. And they're just down at me, going, get out of here, man, get out of here, man. I'm like, yeah, but I need to clean the mash up because it's like they're like, get out there. So literally, just lobbed me out. Slash just absolutely binned off the event. I got all hate mail from all the people waiting outside to meet him. It made the Sun newspaper <laughs> going, oh yeah, tubes from Soccer and ruins hundreds of people's dream like visit. I'm like, yeah, but they told me to come to the shop. They're like, did they ask you to bring mash? I was like, well, no, but it rhymes with slash. So that's just what it is. Like that. <laughs> so anyway, Sunday morning, I'm playing football. Helen Chamberlain goes, Slash wants your number. Slash's people want your number. I'm like, look, I'm I'm re- I said I'm sorry. I don't, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to upset anyone because I was generally upset that, I, you know, I'd ruined people's days and not, they went, Slash's people want your number. I think it's a wind up, but can I give it to them? I went, yeah, all right. So then that afternoon I was down the pub and this, this number rang and it said plus six, six plus four. And I was like, whatever. I was like, Hello. I had a few Cronenbergs at the time, so I was like, hello. He went, hey, Tubes, it's Slash. I went, yeah, of course it is, mate, nice one. See you later. Boom, put the phone down. And, if, and the number rang back again. And I just didn't answer it. And it kept ringing. I was like, I, was like, I left it. I went home, and, then he, and this number phoned again. I was like, hello. He went, 
Big Tubes, don't put the phone down, man. I mean, I can't do the American accent, as you can tell, but he went, don't put the phone down, man. It's, it's and I was like, I said, this is actually Slash, isn't it? He went, yeah. I was like, Are you? Well, I said, this is either, it's definitely you, isn't it? He was like, yeah. And he basically just went, I've just seen all the stuff that you do and I love it and I'm so sorry the way I reacted. I just told him I didn't want to do any media. He goes, if you're in America, come round and we can chill. And I was like, this is bizarre. He was like, I love the one. He watched them all on the way. On the, he said, I watched them all on the way, on the plane on the way home. I was like, that's pretty cool from him. So, uh, did you ever meet him again? No. Nah. Nah. Like, Kev's, Kev's wanting to know what you've done with that mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Epsom, Kev. Somewhere in Epsom. What's the he name of the shop? To Epsom for that, mate. He will drive to Epsom for that. What was the name of the guitar? I mean, I know it's a guitar shop in Epsom. I'm narrowing it down, sorry. <laughs> it's a guitar shop in Epsom. There's only one, surely. Hey, Arthur, see on the see on all like, the junkets that you did do and all the famous people you met, who 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 would be up there? What, what, what was the level of celebrity? Like Denzel Washington... Bruce Willis, they are big enough, but was there anyone's bigger than that that you, you felt, wow? Or a favourite one now, or a favourite one? Uh, fa- uh, I used to, it's probably not as big, but Colin Farrell was also, was always brilliant. He, was so, he was so funny. Um, uh, Jim Carrey told me to kill wow. myself, which was quite funny. What, he told you what? He told me to kill myself. Uh, okay, nice one, Jimmy. He was talking about ser- serotonin or something. He just went on this mad one, and uh, he just said to yourself. And I was like, "All right, that's cool." Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was amazing. He was so funny. Oh, cool. I, think he, I think he got the humor. I think he got the the, the, the shitty humor because I was like, "You're top man. You are Will. I've got a, I've got a fetish. All orange peel, and under." <laughs> Underneath my shirt, I'd done like a, a big sort of like, there was like a tie. I put all orange peel around it and I just ripped my shirt open. <laughs> orange peel and he was like, tubes, that is insane, dude. Have any of them ever said to you tubes like after it? You want to go for a beer? Um, Colin Farrell, but he was, he gave up drink as well. And I don't drink no more. But back, yes. in, the, back in the day, I did. So, not really. Not really. To be fair, Colin Farrell was like, "We should like I, I, next time I do that, I'm only doing junkets with you, and then we'll go out afterwards." I mean, that would be a good night, wow. Colin Farrell in the town. He's a hero. Uh, I seen another one as well that you said was about an arsehole, Steve Coogan, and that's killed me, mate. Because I love Alan yeah. Partridge, love the trip, man. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he didn't really like it. In yeah. fact, in fact, he hated it. I'm not going to lie. Um, Did he but- tell you that? Oh yeah, he made me know. Yeah, it was. I walked in, and the the uh, one of the people outside. He said, "Oh, he's not in a good mood." I was like, "Okay, well, it doesn't really matter. So it's only one question. If he doesn't like it, fair enough." But he wasn't in a good mood. Like he was fuming. So I think I, I did the rap thing. I can't remember what I said, and he just stared at me like, "What are you doing here?" Like. And I went, oh, like, you're a really funny guy. Like, but apart from, your, apart from you, who's the funniest guy ever? And he just went like that. He went, not you. I went, yeah, I'm aware of that. But like, who is? And he was like, Bridge of Ace. I went, all right, nice one, mate. See you later. Wouldn't even shake my hand. I was like, as, as I walked out, the cameraman behind him was like, oh, 
see, see how the likes of like when you when you get to go and do these junkets or gigs with celebrities, and you'll get excited about maybe meeting these celebrities. Do they change your mind say of them after you've done your question? You know, like we've had some guests on here, and I thought, oh. I liked him before, but now I think he's a twat. Did you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hopefully not me, Kev. Hopefully not me. No, no, you, you're absolutely sound. It's just, uh, <laughs> there's only been one or two. I'll no, I'll no name them, but I'll chuck them under the bus later. Um, but uh, I'm just curious. Um, do you know what? Not, because like, I see it as like, I'm never going to see him again. So like, like with, so with like the actors, like you think, uh, I reckon he'll be cool. Do you know what I mean? I reckon he'll be a laugh. But I was quite lucky that most of the time they were, apart from Steve Coogan and Jessica <laughs> Alba, who just thought I was complete weirdo. Everyone, everyone was really nice to me, Kev. So they were like, "Oh, can we do this more often?" Because you've got you've got to take into consideration these people sit in that room all day. I mean, don't get me wrong; I get paid millions for it, but. They get asked the same question over and over again. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And they've got to find a different way of answering it because it's for different channels around the world. Yeah. So when I come in saying, like, you know, what's your thoughts on pomegranates? Do you know what I mean? They're like, Aye. They, so they quite enjoy it. So I'm quite lucky in that respect. But I've never really left going, well, he's a bit of a, bit of a dick, apart from Steve Coogan. It was. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm going off script here, Tubes, but I, I just, because I, I, I ask questions, I'm fascinated by it. What about footballers? Who's, who's been nice that you've interviewed football-wise? Prop it up for a laugh. Great questions, these. I love them. Uh, I sound like a bit of a dick here, but like, again, people are like, all right with me, do you know what I mean? But, so I never, I never really get a bad one, but the best, I mean, I'm... I'm quite biased because I'm a massive Chelsea fan. Um, you know, I had to be. My mum and my mum and dad were the first people in the world to have their wedding reception on Stamford Bridge, and my dad's ashes are underneath the ground now. So wow. we are we are proper like Chelsea mad. So I'm quite biased. Like you know, Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, Didier Drogba is a legend. Frank Lampard, 
know, JT, you know, Gianfranco Zola, like one of my, well, probably my hero growing up. He was amazing. I've managed to get him on Soccer M last season and it was amazing. But all of the footballers are cool because I'm not there to try and get a newsline. I'm just there to have a, you know, muck around and find out about them instead of like, you know, big game coming up. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, like you guys do on here. You have a laugh. And that's what, and that's what it's about. So they've all been pretty good. I haven't really had a footballer who's been in love, to be honest. No, I mean, one that you know is going to be a proper laugh, though. Like, you look forward to doing it because it will be a laugh. Uh, Christian Fuchs. Really? For Leicester? Yeah. Oh, he's so funny. Christian Fuchs. Uh, how's Fuchs so funny? Is he German? He's no German. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's Austrian. Austrian. Oh, but have you not seen him? He's, he's mad. No, I've not seen him there. Oh, he's mad. He's, yeah, we, we were, well, I did an interview. The first time I met him, we were cracking eggs over each other's heads. <laughs> Why did you leave that egg there? Huh? Why did you leave that egg there? <laughs> Oi, watch, you'll, you'll eat that egg. Kev, mashed potatoes and eggs for your dinner tonight. Uh, right, some of the ladies as well, mate. Jennifer Aniston, wow. Yeah. What's she yeah. like? She thought I was well weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you got any restraining orders against her? <laughs> I, I have from Jessica Alba. They were like, they were like get him out of here, get him out of here. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and now, mate, you're doing a slightly less chaotic interviews, footballers. Uh, are you enjoying that a wee bit more than the hectic one question? I love it, mate. I love it. Um, and it was, I think it just come to an end. Do you know what I mean? I got to like 30 years old and my boss at the time, it was when Soccer M wasn't very, like it, it died. Um, and he was going, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And I was like, look, I don't want to do this anymore. I said, it was funny and it's, it's now getting boring and repetitive. You know, I mean, I've run out of things to put on my head. I've run out of lyrics. I can't just keep making that noise with my cheek every week. Do you know what I mean? I was like, and I'm 30 years old. I was like, and he was like, no, well, you've got to do it. I was like, I haven't got to do it. I said, if you don't want me, I said, I'm not, I said, I'm, it's not a discussion. I don't want to do it. I said, I'm not, I said, I do stuff on the show on screen, but I don't, I don't want to be a rapper anymore. If you like, do you know what I mean? Death Road already sacked me off. They're like, no. I'm yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm 30 years old now. I want to, I want to chill out, man. Do you know what I mean? So, do you love Joy leaving tubes? Did you envisage how much a drop it would be? Did you know that it would take that such a drop with him going? Yeah, yeah. Um, because he went, Fenners went, who wrote most of the comedy. Sheephead went, who, who wrote most of the comedy. Uh, Robbie Knox went. Um, so you take all those people out and then you get a new group of people to try and replicate what those group of people were doing, it's never going to work. So that's why I love what we've done as a collective, like myself, Fenners, Darius, the producer, and all the, all the boys that work on it, and, and Misha, and, you know, and Bullard, is we've re rebuilt that show. We know we can't do all the stuff we used to. So we've, you know, we've put it all together where it's like, you know, Jimmy going does, you know, you know the drill. I'm doing my football interviews. And we can still have a laugh, but you can't do half the stuff you used to back in the day. So, mate, I need to ask. I need to ask. Sorry, why did they leave, man? Do you, I've never. I got blocked off Tim Lovejoy on Twitter for saying, "Mate, why have you went to?" This was years ago when he left. 
mate, why have you went to a cooking show for soccer and like it was World Day and he blocked us? I've always wondered, like, do you know why everyone left? Yeah, they went to do um, a thing on the internet called Channel B. Remember it. I remember yeah. it. They went to do that and I think they, I think they went too early. Um, because no one really knew about the Instagram and all the social media stuff. Do you know what I mean? And they, they were doing fresh content every day, and that's a lot of work. Especially when you're working with someone like Tim, who's a perfectionist. He'd be like, "No, that's not right." They'd be, they'd be like, "Yeah, but we've got. We're saying we're doing it every day." And they're like, "So it was a shame that he went, but you know, time, things move on." So yeah, I'm doing different stuff now, but I love it. I love, I love, in, I love interviewing people. A bit like yourself, you must love it as well. Nah, it's good to enjoy it, mate. Especially guys that like really, really want to come on and do it. What is it, guys? I think the way you're saying earlier on, really, interviewing people, it's the, the, the people that least think, oh, we'll put out, uh, we'll do a podcast between the four of us and then um, the three of us and a guest, and then we'll advertise it and people will write and comments, things like, oh, so-and-so, he'll be boring. And it's when they think they're boring and they're actually themselves and then the fans are like, fucking hell, how funny was uh, Wes Fodderingham or... Like some of the guys that they've done are like the things the people you don't expect to be good are the best candidates and are the best. And Kev, that, that and that's what I get the biggest buzz from. Right. You've just summed it up there. That's what I love. Not not people going, "Oh, your interview is cool. Oh, I was funny about me." I love it when they say, "Oh, he's such a good bloke, isn't he?" I didn't realise because then you think that's the whole point is to show someone's character. I think, I think also, right. it's like, like right. you say, to show the real person, to show that they are just normal human beings, because sometimes there's too much negativity with what people perceive of a footballer. And most footballers, I would say 99% of footballers, are just normal, funny human beings. And exactly. when you can show that to the world or show that to your audience, people buy into it and they start to believe that, God, these guys are actually just all right, you know what I mean? Yeah, but they sometimes they haven't got much of a chance. It's because of the questions they get asked. Yes. You're going to say to them, like, oh, you're not, I'm not slagging anyone off here, but you're not going to find someone's character if you're going to say, big game at the weekend, oh, you know, big game. Uh, yeah, big, big game, we've got to win. Of course they've got to win. What they're going to say, they're not going to go, not really. You know, we can't go down, we can't win the league, so it don't really matter. They're not going to say that. Mm. They, they, have to give, they have to give that robot answer. You must have gone through it, both of you. Post-match interviews, you just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's know, we, we, interviewed, we interviewed a guy that the other week there, and the first question we asked him, he's just started training again with his Premier League team, and the first question we asked him is, he getting a move to a Scottish team? You know I mean? You don't ask those questions because you don't expect them to give you an answer, but yeah. they're being honest and they're giving you some sort of an answer. So yeah. it's just, it's good. It's, good. it's a different take into how the old stream media are doing things. I think the new wave of people are doing it a wee bit more realistic and people are buying into that because they can really feel that they can relate to what's been shown. Yeah. I see it as a pub chat. You go ah. in there and have like, I make four, like, four or five bullet points and then you just go, speak for 15 minutes about anything and then pick the best bits. Or show well, to be honest with you, Chip, see all that shite about you buzz off them saying that the guys, that I always prefer the self-praise, mate. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've seen it on the social media like that. Yeah. Uh, you've got your own YouTube channel as well, mate. Yeah, mate, love it. I Why love golf it. life? What? Yeah, big golf fan. Uh, I took, I took golf up four years ago. Um, 
when I gave up alcohol. So I needed a release and I needed a way to um, socialize. And when you're sober, you've got a lot more hours in the day to kill. So I was like, footballers love golf. I enjoy it. I'm absolutely pony at it, but I like playing it. So I was like, all these people I saw play golf. And I was like, why don't we make this into a channel where I get a footballer and we just do basically what you do, but on a golf course, like a podcast on a golf course and playing golf. And do you know what? We've only, we're only a year old and it's going so well. I, I love it as well because you can do long form interviews. It's not, you're not restricted to like, you've got five and a half minutes on that interview. It can be 45 minutes. Do you know what I mean? You find out everything about them, like we're doing here. And, you know, my brother's got involved. We do like course vlogs and also do like some football stuff. But it is predominantly um, golf with footballers. And uh, yeah, I love it, mate. I love it so much. It's, it's going really well. It's brilliant, mate. I watched the one with Charlie Austin. So he's a great guy, Charlie. And he, uh, you know you're going to get some great stuff out of him. But exactly. anyone who's watching this, have a look at Tubes' channel because it is brilliant. I watched that interview. really enjoyed it, mate. Uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Oi, Kev's a big golfer. Kev, fancy it? Oh, mate, honestly, I was just thinking there, I'd be a fucking great guest for Tubes because I could obviously talk about football, having had a career, golf, an absolutely diehard golf fan. But like yourself, Tubes, I've been through some mental health issues in my time, um, addiction, come through the other end. Um, so it's always good, I think, just to be relaxed about these types of things and, and playing around the golf. I don't think there's anything more relaxing, to be honest, if that's something you enjoy. Me, personally, it's my get-out. I love going to the golf course, spending four hours playing golf, chatting to a mate, um, and it brings that competitiveness um, that you lose from not playing football. So, nah, superb. Come, mate. Well, I'll come up. I'll come up and do it. we do it. You should come up to Glasgow, meet the boys, yeah, play around yeah. the golf, and we'll... Aye, that, that, sounds, that sounds like a plan. No, I love that, mate. I'd definitely, definitely love to do that. I'd be wicked. Aye. And I Amazing. just love, I love it. It's just so good for the mind. I mean, it, it can get frustrating because I've got to a level now where I'm like 18 handicap, which, as you know, is, is, is okay. But it's just the getting above, you know, it's frustrating game, but I love it, mate. Oh, is Bullard no joke? Somebody told me, like, Bullard nearly got into PGA Tour. Is that right? Yeah, not PGA Tour. I think Euro Pro. He's unbelievable. Is he? I, played, I played with him the other week and he's like, right, Tubesy, well, what I'm going to do here, Geese, like, there's like a tree there. He goes, I'm going to spin one. It's going to go right like that. You can't, can you see on here? It's going to go like that. And he goes, and he hits it and it goes like that. I'm like, oh my God, he's just swerved a golf ball around a tree. I'm, I'm just happy if it goes down the middle on the fairway, swerving him. He's unbelievable. On the, on, on the YouTube channel, he goes, he goes, he, he goes in the bunker. He goes, he goes, tubes. Watch this. He goes, I'm going to get this out by just chucking the club. So he gets it and he chucks the club at the ball, and the ball goes onto the green. He doesn't hit. He doesn't hold the club. He just chucks. It's mental. Watch it. Does he take golf seriously, or is he constantly wind up on the golf bus? No, no, no. I mean, he he, crash, he, he drives buggies off uh, mountains and stuff, but when he's actually hitting the ball, he takes it seriously. <laughs> Mate, his technique's a joke at football as well, eh? Uh, yeah. how, how many takes does it take him to do that, that stuff? Is it a one-off? Well, when the pre-recorded stuff? Yeah, that must take a few goes. This is a, this is a one, this is mental. Like, you know, did you see the bit on Soccer Home where he um, 
clip the golf ball into the uh, top bin. Got the bucket of hair. Yeah, that was first time. Wow. That was that was live. But you know, he's good at everything. He's hit one eighties at darts. He's just one of those guys that's just good at everything. And he's amazing fashion as well, isn't he? Say again. Amazing at fashion as well. Yeah. He catches sharp. <laughs> amazing fashion. <laughs> He's been on the golf course, yeah. Yeah, I'll need to watch yeah. that one. Oh, yeah, mate, honestly, he comes out with some stories. He's he's so funny. I think that one that that's our highest four hole challenge. I think. Amazing. Uh, is he any pranks? You can tell us about Bill. Uh, who was on? Was it Wes Fodron? Was telling him when he, he got a massage at Fulham, and he went and knocked her out in the, the bathroom. He was that turned on by the masseur massaging him. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen many. Uh, he's a wind-up merchant in the office, but some of the pranks he tells me about when he was playing football, uh, he's just off the scale. Um, they're, you know, they're great. Uh, smashing golf balls down hotel lobbies. Um, what was the thing he did with uh, D- uh What was the guy's name? Bupper Diop, I think he said at Fulham. He was doing some stuff. Yeah, I mean... He's knocked out a guy dressed as a Teletubby. He was playing darts, uh, I think it was Hole, and there was a Teletubby, they all dressed up as a darts night and fans came to watch it. And uh, he said, I've come down doing my uh, walkout music and I've just launched myself into a Teletubby. (laughs) Knocked the guy out, it's like, like, Jimmy Bullard, he's just brilliant. But do you know what, he's such a nice person as well. He's like really caring and he's a really good guy. And uh, four years sober, mate, I seen the other day, four years sober. You feel a big change to your life? Has, has it been for the better? Uh, yeah, hundred times better. hundred times better. Uh, they just get to the stage when it was too much, uh, Yeah, when you're drinking, when you're waking up and drinking vodka in the morning uh, from the night before it, and upsetting all your family's lives and your friends' lives, you know, it's an illness. You know, you know, you don't choose to be an alcoholic and it creeps up on you. So it's an addiction and some people don't admit it. And I think us men need to talk more about stuff like this because I hid it for years. Not very well, but I hid it. I was like, no, I'm all good. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Like, it's not a problem. And it clearly was because once the alcohol was in my system, I needed more. I could go like three or four days without. But once I started that first drop, Bang, five days, vodka in the morning, lying to people to get to the vodka. It's, it was a shambles. So luckily for my sake and well, most importantly, my family's just sacked it off. So four years last Friday. Oh, well done. Well done too. Shane, you've got better at your job through it as well? Uh, yeah. I think I'm better at everything, if I'm honest. It's just a better person. Like, I wasn't... I'm just, I, you know, when you... You know, alcoholics are selfish, you know, because you, you, you just care about getting drunk and, you know, you, you, you revolve your life around alcohol and you neglect people that you shouldn't be neglecting. So I think it's just made me a better person. Mm. Um, I never really, a, a couple of times I did actually, but I never really turned up to work, you know, pissed because like I said, I'd plan it. I'd be like, well, I've got an interview on the Wednesday, so I won't drink Tuesday because I'm trying to be professional. But then I'd finish the interview. I'd be so buzzing. I'd be like, as soon as I'd done the interview, I was like, oh, that's brilliant, mate. Thank you so much. I'd be like, I'd have this sort of like, uh, like, so I'd be straight to the pub. 
Yeah. And when I, I wouldn't have a couple of drinks, you know, it would go down, bang. And then I'd be like, right, plan to the next one, next one, next one. And then like, the next day at work, I'd be useless. I'd be editing sluggish, like, you know, I wouldn't care. You know, you wouldn't care. But when, you, when you're sober, everything, you, you, you're much quicker and you're focused and stuff like that. So, yeah. Was it, but guys, it's all Korean brilliant with YouTubes when you admitted to your problem. Yeah. Do you know, the whole, to be fair, the whole of Sky Sports work. Um, because leading up to it, it was bad. I made, I made the newspaper a couple of times for being, they said, drunk and disorderly. But, you know, whatever happened, happened. I mean, it wasn't strictly true. But, the, you know, the harsh reality was I was drunk. So if I wasn't drunk, this wouldn't have happened. So there were signs and, you know, I got brought into the boss's office a few times. He'd be like, you know, you know what's this about? And again, I was in that stage, I was just lying. I was going, yeah, but you know, it wasn't my fault. Like, I didn't, you know, bollocks, it was my fault. I shouldn't have been doing what I was doing, waking up, drinking whiskey, do you know what I mean? If you're not, if you don't put yourself in that situation, you know, to be in there. So, um, yeah, they knew. And then when I came out and said enough's enough, they were great. You know, their top boss at Sky was like, sent me an email was like anything you need and stuff like that. Fenners was constantly around here. He was, he's been great. Bullard. Do you know what? Everyone, everyone, everyone in my life has been great with it. I think, I think once, once you make that, you, you admit it and then everyone wants to help. Do you know what I mean? I think people are relieved as well because, you know, enough is enough. Really. Yeah. So. I watched that Harry's hero thing and see Merson talking about it. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Did you watch it, Ken? Aye, it's um, <clears throat> addiction side, just like whether it be drink or um, drugs, narcotics, or whether it be gambling. It's all the same feelings, all the same emotions. Like Chubb is talking there about um, feeling ashamed. I think that's the biggest factor in, in, in any addiction. You've got to try and get over the shame of what you've done to try and move your life forward. You've just got to accept it. And I think that the more shame you feel, the more you hide it, the more you make excuses. And what he's saying there is by, by giving it all up, he's got more time to think because when you're addicted to something, that's all your body and your mind thinks about is when can I get my next gamble? When can I get my next drink? When can I get my next fix? Your body's consumed with thinking constantly. How do I go about getting it? And then once somebody actually helps lift all that away from you, you're like, oh my God, I can go to bed tonight, I can sleep for six, eight, ten hours, it becomes a, a, a doddle. Everything just changes, and then the longer you go on um, not doing it, the easier it actually becomes, but it's very hard to tell somebody at the beginning that it will get better, but you need to have that courage to speak and be open, and you'd be surprised that, like, the old saying when I was talking to my wife about when I quit my addiction uh, many years ago, the old wedding vows is like in sickness and in health. Well, I was sick, so she stopped by me and she supported me. And eight years down the line, we're still married, happily married. But I'm such a better person for it. You have days where it gets you down, um, but you remember the positive steps that you need to think about to, to make sure that those bad days are just put to a minimum. But I applaud absolutely everybody and anybody. And I think the modern world and social media mental health things, it's becoming more and more popular and the more awareness it gets even now on our show here we talk about it from time to time, it's always good to talk because a problem shared is a problem have. Exactly, totally right. Stuff, <laughs> Tremendous stuff. Good. Uh, right, last wee bit mate, Scottish football. 
Something that would drive you to the drink. Um, you ever really followed it? <laughs> That's the way I just chuck it under the bus. Just break my heart out to you. Just come to the bus. Fuck it. I'm not waiting to put a coupon on. We're both going, our addictions, you know. Four years. Four years sober, you know. I had to do it. I had to do it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, you need a lot of it as well, though, don't you? You do need a lot of it. Of course you do. I love it. I love it. I know. Right, you've never followed it. Be honest. I, I well, fo- when you say follow, I, I follow Chelsea, but I think the best game to watch in the world of football is the Old Firm derby. And I'm not saying that because I'm on a Scottish podcast. I yeah. think it's. I absolutely love it. I think it's every every time it's on. What is it? Three or four times a season. I'm there. I think. I think it's brilliant. Have you been, Have you been to one? Sorry, kid. Have you been to one? I haven't. I'd love to go. I've been to a Scottish national game, and that was and that was brilliant. It was it was. Uh, I can't remember. It was brilliant. I'm, it was brilliant. I must have fucking missed that one. What game was that? <laughs> uh, the atmosphere was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, what no, game was that? I can't even remember what game it was. I went with Robbie Knox. You know, he used to go work on Soccer Yeah. You remember the Tramp? They called yeah. him the Tramp. Yeah. I went with him. He's Scottish, so we went to. Uh, and I was like, I, really, I think the Scottish are brilliant. And in, in the stadium, they were just all... Because when I was at Chelsea, but back in the day, half-time, I'd be straight out, drink, drink, drink. But for, I don't know what happened this game. They all stayed in. They were all just having a party. And I was like, I love this. I, lo- I love football fans. I love football fans. I love everyone winning. You know, when you were talking earlier about Bundesliga, I don't care about the German football, really. But the Dortmund fans, when they do all that... yeah. I love all that stuff. And this, I think the Scottish fans are brilliant. That is the thing about Scottish football. It is the atmosphere at every game is amazing. And, and it's so exciting, man. See up here, there's always something mad happening in there, kid. Like um, managers or players. It's, it's really, I think Scottish football is great to talk about, mate. See, you've always got plenty to talk about with Scottish football, don't you? Scottish football on a whole, it, it's gave us a great platform to chat every Monday about things that happened at the weekend. And, and there's always something to talk about. And, there's always something different to talk about, I always think. And we're, on a t- we're going to turn, I'm telling you. The, the tide's turning. Look at the players we've got. A lot of good players playing down in your league as well now, Tube Scottish boys. Oh, Andy Robertson's the best left-back in the world by a million miles. But I think, I think he's so he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You did an interview with him, didn't you? Uh, he was really good, mate. Really yeah. good. Great guy. Um, yeah, I think you've got some really good players. Billy Gilmore at Chelsea. Yes, what a player, Tubes. Go on, Billy, Billy boy. Will he what? play? Will he play during the remainder of the season? Will he start? Oh, he has to. If you're going on what happened before the lockdown, he has to. He has to be one of the first names on the team sheet. What I mean, seriously, what a player. You see him against Liverpool? Yeah. We get the game? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, do you know what? He came on at the start of this season because I've got a season ticket and he came on against Sheffield United I'm sure it was I'm sure it was Sheffield United and I was like oh I was like, I'm not sure if he's ready he came on he looked he looked a bit he looked a bit like oh rabbit in a headlight sort of thing and I was like I'm not sure my god I don't know what happened in that three months maybe he just had a bad 15 minutes yeah. but against, against Liverpool I, I was like I can't believe this geezer is unreal He's got everything about him, his brain, the way he takes it, the way 
he opens up his passing. He's just he's gonna well he is he's but he's gonna be incredible. And what uh, what a guy to have as your manager for a centre midfielder, eh? Matt Frank Lampard teaching you every day as well. Super Frank, super, super. <laughs> have you met Christine? Who, sorry? Have you met Christine? Christine. Christine Lampard, yeah. She's lovely. She's wicked. Do you know what? He, he, he's like one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet. He's just, he's brilliant. She's brilliant as well. <laughs> you know, I did um, a programme in America. I did like a documentary thing with Sky um, about, you know, all the English blokes playing out in America and he was just so nice. And I didn't really know him back then. Yeah. He was like, come out, I'll take you here. Like, he's just, honestly, he's just a top class bloke. Yeah, I actually watched that. You were in Central Park, weren't you? Yeah. I watched it. He did seem like a top man. Yeah. And do you know what? In that interview, we were mucking around. I was like, well, you're going man- to manage Chelsea one day. And he was like, oh, that's the dream, mate. Yeah, so here we are now. Uh, right, just last few bits. So, so, soccer AM now, as you said, uh, changed a lot, but it seems to be getting back to its best. What would you put that down to? Uh, I put that down to uh, Fenners, Darius, um, all the people who work on it, and hard work because um, we got slated, rightfully so, because I, I just love my job. Uh, I, I didn't really believe in the, the finished article on a Saturday morning. Quite frankly, I thought it was pretty damn poor. And then Fenners took over. So when you've got people all going, soccer home shit, soccer home shit, soccer home shit, you know, people have that, it's never as good as Lovejoy, it's never as good as Lovejoy, never as good as Lovejoy. You've got to overcome that and change people's minds, do you know what I mean? So it's been a few years since Fenners, but now all those same people are going, do you know what? It's all right. I like it now. I like it. Uh, it's different, but of course it's different because, like I said before, you can't be doing stuff like we used to. You can't have, you know, the catwalk and stuff like soccerettes and stuff like that. You can't tell the jokes we used to be telling, and rightfully so because the world's changed. So you've got to change people's perception of what it is. And so hard work and you know, making it more about football. Because when Lovejoy left, it went all like, like kiddie. Do you know what I mean? It was like I'd phone up a footballer. And I'd be like, oh, do you fancy coming on the show? They were like, Tubes, I'd do anything with you, mate. Come and do an interview. But I don't really fancy going on soccer home and dressing up as a crocodile and getting kicked in the balls. I'd be like, do you know I mean? I'd be like, do you not know, fair enough? So it's, we've changed it and it's like, I love it now. I think it's a brilliant show and that's down to hard work. And obviously Jimmy Bullard joining as well. Yeah. You know, people can relate to him. He can tell stories. He does like, you know, the drill. So there's that football element where we used to have the crossbar challenge. Now clubs are saying, like you were saying, Kev, clubs are saying, can you come and do the drill? Can you come and do the drill? Can you and, can you and Jimmy come and take on two of our boys sort of thing? So we're getting that rapport back. Football people are starting to like it again. The players are starting to like it again. And once you get those sort of people on side, you, know, you start gradually going back up. And the viewing figures are great now as well. So you're always going to get those people who go, you put a post out, love joy, love joy, love joy. But like, that's 10 years ago. Mm. What can you do? It's, you know, it's happened. If Lovejoy was here now, you still wouldn't be doing the stuff that we were back in the day. So, you know, it's times of change and people have just got to go. But what, do you know what? Tell to keep going on. That's all right. People, like, that shit, that shit. Why are you watching it? Mm. It's, like, it's brilliant. It's like, it's because of social media. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Well, 
you watch it every week because you comment, this is the worst thing I've ever seen every week. So like, why are you watching it? If you don't like something, don't watch it. Like, I don't like long bowls. I don't go and play long bowls. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's bizarre. I don't get I, it. I was going to say, do you sit and read the tweets after a, a show? Uh, no, not a, not, not a lot. But on a Saturday night when I'm not down getting absolutely smashed anymore, sometimes I'll sit on Twitter. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm quite lucky. People are quite nice to me. You know, I'm quite... It's, it's quite in, like, nice and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't get many trolls, but I've got a few regular customers. So there's, 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 there's one guy every week. You're a wanker. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and I, but I, I think it's funny. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, thanks again, mate. Thanks again. He's like, you're an arse licker. Your, your interview this week was shit. I'm like, I'm like, well, mate, you've watched it again. Like you said this last week. So like, and then I, and then everyone gets involved, and I think it's quite funny. But yeah, that's just you know, if you don't like something, don't watch it. You know what I mean, okay, yeah. If you're in the public eye, thought me you're going to get criticised, and it's just people in this day and age, isn't it? I think it's brilliant. I just, I, I used to get when it, when it first started, and I was obviously not all there mentally because of my drinking. I used to get really upset by it, and you know, sometimes react or you know, do silly things. And now, now I just. I think that's, that's genius. It's the same guy saying the same thing at 12.03 every week when the show's finished. He's like, right, it's time. <laughs> I think he just wants like, I think he just wants the retweets or something. I think it's brilliant. He's like, and everyone starts getting stuck in. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kev, do you read Twitter? Do, do you read stuff about us? Uh, some, sometimes, like, see, like, obviously that. I don't really watch our shows back because I hate fucking listening to my own voice. I hate listening to it as well. I <laughs> so I, I don't I don't watch it back. But see, sometimes I go on to see how the viewing figures were, um, and then I'll read a few comments. But I, I can honestly say, in the time we've done open goal, I don't think I've ever read anything too negative um, that would make you be paranoid about how you're doing on the show. It's, I think everyone's always obviously Slaney. He's not here today, but the amount of plaudits he gets is like it's incredible. But um it's a whole it's an effort, it's a team effort and I think like we're doing well and the minute that we're doing shit, people will tell us that we're doing shit. So we'll just because yeah, you, you guys are keeping it real. Ah. Coming on here and just having a chat. And that's what people can relate to, do you know what I mean? If it's like if you all sat in there in a nice sort of you know, it's you're doing it right. You're doing it good. It's, it's really people good. think. People think. Oh, imagine going out for a pint with Kev Slaney and Sai, and I'm thinking, imagine I because Sai's a fucking nightmare drunk. Slaney doesn't drink, and I'm fucking deep as fuck. So it would be horrific. <laughs> it's all an act. <laughs> We're just an act. <laughs> oh, I thought I was harshly letting go Kev's body double Lloyd at the end of the year. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Thought it was harsh letting your body double Lloyd go at the end of the year. Ah, well, you know. <laughs> where is, where is Slaney today? Didn't fancy it, no? Just wants to do the footballers, not uh, Thomas Traverson. We got a text from him saying he was far too horny to come on today. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, just last week, bit, mate, how are you, how are you finding it balancing working on Soccer M and doing your own show as well? Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm busy. Let's just put it that way. It's um, and all the birds you're seeing as well. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> different hoes and different area codes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What well, I did want to know is last question. Why? Why do you never present soccer? I, I don't want to be a presenter, mate. 
Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Because uh, I like interviewing people and uh, sitting in front of an auto queue and doing links. It's not really my bag. I don't. I don't really want to do it. I just. I just like. Um, I like. Do you know? I, I love interviewing people. Hence why I started the YouTube channel with my brother. I like like what Kev was saying earlier when you go, oh, he's well, all right. Do you see it? I, that's what I get a buzz from, not being, going, welcome to Soccer AM, or I suppose I sort of am presenting on the YouTube channel, but I'm not really, I'm just interviewing, so I'm talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I give your brother a shout out, what's his name? Big Ange. Big Ange? Yeah, Andrew, his name is, we call oh, him Andrew. Andrew Dale? Yeah. And uh, Peter Dale, only just seen the day, that's your name, Peter Dale. Peter <laughs> <laughs> Sai. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not called Tubes. Have you got a sister, Emma? <laughs> I'm not sure what's worse, though, Peter or Tubes. They're both pretty. They're both pretty poor names. Do people come up to when people meet in the street? Is it always Tubes or her? Yeah, they don't go all right, Peter Dale. <laughs> Peter's a bit boring, isn't it? All right, Peter. <laughs> all right, Pete. Oh, there's Pete. Oh, here comes Pete. Pete. He's your man, Pete. <laughs> not bad, Pete. That's stuff done, lads. That's stuff done. And uh keep up the great work. And no, anyone watching, remember Tubes YouTube channel is uh, golfing the tubes. Tubes, tubes golf life. Tubes golf life, there you go. Get on it, alright? Once cool. again, thanks, mate. Cheers, boys. Yeah, mate. Thank you. It's the new football season, and now TVs hit the back of the net. Oh, it's a stunner! As you can get the Sky Sports and Sports Extra Passes half price for three months. Now that's more like it! So, you can stream Sky Sports, Premier Sports, and BT Sport at 50% off, and all without a contract. It's perfect! That is world class. Your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Standard pricing after three months. Further terms apply. Developing new skills will make a big difference in your working life. Personally speaking, it opened new work options for me. If you work in a sector experiencing change and are looking for an opportunity to upskill or reskill, contact your local education and training board to explore options available to you. Skills to Advance is a new national initiative offering subsidised upskilling and reskilling opportunities for employees of all ages. Brought to you by Solace and the Education and Training Boards, an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.